sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Amen. 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 You know, I've, over the years, I've, I've seen, seen grown men when the songs about the cross are sung and the power of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, just tears begin to flow down their cheeks because they, they will know, maybe in ways that no one else will ever know, what it was, where it was, who it was with. The sin that was a crimson stain that now has been washed white as snow. I've watched, I've watched dear ladies who, who had a lifestyle, had a, another way of living. But then Jesus came. But then Jesus came. Restored, replenished, refurbished from the inside out. That's our message to a world. It's, it, it, it's not what a church organization can do. It, it's not what any person or preacher or line of music can do. It, it's just what Jesus, Jesus can do. Jesus can do. I wonder how many of you would say this morning, as you think back on the time when you came to know the Lord, where were you when you believed that decision was made and you opened your heart up to receive Jesus? How many of you were not in a church building? Would you raise your hand? You were not in a church building. Well, I, I, I'd look like, how many of you were in a church building? There were more people not in a church building than there were in a church building when you opened your heart up to receive Jesus. It, it, the, the good news is it's both and. It, it, it's not either or. And uh, the difference that he makes. Now, folks, this theme has come rushing back into my spirit. I don't guess it's ever left. This matter of power, power, strength to be able to live for Jesus. His power coming alive inside us. The bar is set real high for proper Christian behavior. Do you realize that? You know, when it says that you, you can't even look with lust in your eye without there being the guilt of carrying that to the act. It's, it's, it's an incredibly high bar of behavior that the Lord calls us to, but when it's properly understood, folks, a command in Scripture for you and me to live a certain way, to quit certain things and start certain other things, a command in Scripture needs to be understood as a promise in Scripture. What the Lord says, this is how you need to live, instead of that being an impossible thing never to be able to achieve, if we understand all the teaching of Jesus and what He what he says about the helper, the helper, the helper, then, then we step into that place of joy. All right, Lord, if this is how I'm supposed to live, then you have set in place a way for me to live that way. If I'm supposed to quit something, you have made available to me the power to quit. If, if, if you, you're calling me higher, then Lord, 
I'm going to believe that if that's where you want me to be, that you're going to give me the power to get there because I can't get there without your help. Jesus would say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I want to talk to you this morning a little bit along this line, and we could call it by another name, the, the simple prayer that could rescue America, but even more personal than the generic America, what about the power to rescue us? A simple prayer, a simple prayer that could help me and you not just visit a place of victory, but live in a place of victory. And here is that simple prayer. Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Lord, send your spirit, your spirit in power to my heart. I need more than just the influence that yeah, God is everywhere because he's omnipresent. I, I need something more than your general generic presence. I need to know what you meant in John chapter 16 when you said, Lord, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go away, I will send the helper. To... Could somebody just raise a hand and say, I need help. Now, you may have been baptized back before the earth's crust hardened. You may have been quoting scripture since you were four years old. You may know every song in the Baptist hymnal. But the bottom line is, I need help to love him, to believe him, to forgive the knuckleheads in my life. To have a consistent self-control in areas that I can struggle, I need your help. I need your help. Folks, listen, just because your mother and your daddy signed their name to a front of a Bible that you got when you were nine years old doesn't mean that when you're 29 years old or you're 49 years old, you're not going to need, you're not going to need the helper to help you live this. The scripture was never intended to be a substitute for the helper. Knowing the verses and knowing the theology and being able to feel comfortable with all the way from table of contents to the maps never was intended to mean that that would take the place of the organic, deep as our bones, as thorough as our blood circulatory system in a spiritual sense, that we would need the help of the helper to live the life and to be the person that the Lord wants us to be. I'm just here to say to you, it's, it, 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 we, we got to let this in. It ought to be good news to us that the Lord gave as one of the names for his spirit, the helper meaning that there won't ever be a time in our lives, ever, 
ever till we get to glory where we will not need the help of the helper. Now that has to do with, as he speaks in John 16, of the Spirit coming to his people, coming to his church coming to his church. I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about an institution of people. I'm talking about the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, "My the helper will come to you. Well, who is that true church? Who is that true ecclesia? It's the ones who individually have made the declaration from your heart, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Everything else, everybody else is peripheral to the true church. Jesus said it's upon this rock, the declaration that Peter made being the rock, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, Jesus has said, that is the, that is the rock of confession upon which I will build my church. And it would be to the church, to his church, that he would make the promise that his spirit would be given. His spirit, the name, advocate, helper, all carrying with it the theme that the Lord is not intending to be for you or me the offensive coordinator who's got a perch in a booth somewhere at the top of the stadium and radioing in plays to the quarterback to run the play, and that the, that the outcome of the game is dependent upon how well they run the plays, as if he's distance, distant. He, he, he gives things based upon his knowledge, but there's no sense of being on the field to help. The idea here is that he's not just sending in plays. He's not just telling us how to do it. But the helper is the one, the person, the invisible presence of Jesus who desires to be on the field, in the middle of your game, knowing who's opposing you, knowing what you've got to do to run the outside play and score. He's the one who will help you from the inside of you out, not from the outside in. Christ in you is your hope of glory. So who is the Spirit? We've spoken of that often. The Spirit is none other than the invisible presence of the exalted Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus would say, I will go to heaven. I'm, I'm leaving you, but I will send the helper. Well, he, he would say that because he would be taken back up to heaven and he would be reinstituted, reclothed with all of the glory all of the authority and more that he had with the Father before he emptied himself and was born in Bethlehem as Mary's baby. That he would be clothed with all authority and all power. And from that place of victory over Satan, victory over death, victory over sin through his death on the cross for sin, he would from there the right hand of the Father, he would pour out his spirit back into the church, the ones who would put their faith and trust in him, receive him as Savior and Lord, and he would fill us, them, them then, us now, with his power, with his power. 
Now, I want you to go to Acts chapter 1 with me. We're, we're headed somewhere this morning, and I hope we can get there for dark. But th- this is Acts chapter 1. Listen to, listen to what Luke describes as going on in the early days after the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 3, Acts 1, 3. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised which he said you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, drenched with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Look at verse 14. After Jesus gave the instruction, you wait for the power. Verse 14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The sense that Jesus had given them many details about what the kingdom of God would look like, would be like. It's a very important connection. But he goes on to say and makes it very clear to them, all of the information, all of the principles that I've given you regarding the kingdom, all will find their home, all will find their source in the coming of the Holy Spirit to give you the power to live these things out. Folks, listen. Jesus is saying it's infinitely more than kingdom information. It's Holy Spirit impartation that is the bottom line. We we, we can quote all the verses and know all the details, but if there isn't power to live it, it is as if it falls and dies for lack of a second. So, So he says, you pray. You pray for this promise of the Spirit. And so they did for those 10 days. And I believe that the essence of their prayer was that simple prayer that we've been trying to say again is essential for the church in America to pray again that the Lord may do what with us He did with them. And that simple prayer is, Lord, send Your Spirit in power for Christ's sake. Send your spirit in power. Jesus had said in John 16 that when the spirit comes, he will come to you, the church. But through you, he will also come to the world. He will minister to the world. He will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. We mentioned that last week. That it's not your responsibility or my responsibility to convict somebody of their sin. We can see the wrong. We can know the damage that's being done. But when it comes down to changing the heart of a person with regard to choices that they have made, that is something that only the Spirit of Jesus working in a heart can do. How many of you would say, and I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you would say 
I was a hard head. I, I, I was stone cold with regard to the things of God, with regard to the things of Jesus. People could talk to me and I would hear what they said, but there was no change within me with regard to the choices that I was pursuing that I could be told it's hurting people, it's hurting you, it's wrong. I couldn't quit, and on top of that, I didn't want to quit. But then here we are this morning, clothed and in our right minds to some degree. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the hard heads in this room? What happened to the stone-cold dead, it would seem, to the things of God? What happened? The helper helped you. The, 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 one, the one and only the one who would be able to work with your heart, reconvene the thoughts in your mind, and cause you to turn away from and turn to the Spirit, the Helper. Lord, send your Spirit in power for Jesus Christ's sake. When the church recognizes that that is the role that we play in the conveyance of the work of the Spirit to a lost and broken world, prayer takes on an entirely different dimension. It's not just about us being helped, but it is, as we saw and recorded in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost came, rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire. They were filled with the Spirit, the church filled with the Spirit, but they were sent out to answer the questions that the watching world was asking, what is this? What is this all about? Simon Peter and the other 120, all of them were, were proclaiming the things that the Lord was doing, the Spirit of the Lord alive in them. In the very place where Jesus had been crucified, with the, with the knowledge of the same ones that had put him to death and orchestrated his torture and his brutal death in a human sense, they were all still in place. Folks, where did they fear go? Where did Simon Peter's fear go? Where did all of those who were huddled with the doors locked and the, and, and the windows closed for fear of the Jews, where did that go? Power, 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 power. Where did that come from? The helper came to help. I don't know what you're faced with today. I don't know how far down you may think that you are and how opposed it may seem that you are. This one cry from the heart of a child of God to the Father, Lord, send your spirit in power to me. He has the ability to neuter fear. He has the ability to generate fresh hope right where you're living without anything in the natural changing. Now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power. Not that my hope being rekindled is tied to anything changing. You don't necessarily need the help of the Holy Spirit if things turn for good. 
But what if they don't change? What if it looks like there's no sign that they may never change? You may go to your grave with it unchanged. What if then, in answer to the cry of your heart, Lord, send your spirit and power to this heart. I know I'm hollering and I'm stomping and I'm spitting. But I'm telling you folks, this is what God wants for you to experience. This is the full measure of what Jesus came to accomplish for you. That you would never be an orphan. You would never be fatherless. You would never be without a helper. Holy Spirit, come and fill this heart. You see, the greatest testimonies are not from the ones who have never had a fight, who have never had the bottom fall out in their lives, who have never failed dismally, tragically. But the greatest stories of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ come from those who have been the bottom and blew out the bottom of the bottom. And still he caught your falling soul. And he spoke forgiveness, but more than forgiveness, folks. Listen, you, you, you can be forgiven, but if there's no power to stop what you were doing, you're going to need to be staying in that place of, I need to be forgiven, I need to be forgiven, I need to be forgiven. The Lord's heart is, by the movement of the power of his spirit into your life, is that you quit failing in that area. The power of sin and Satan and the lies in your past to control you are broken by the implementation of the power of the Spirit operating in your life. Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power, that great old song from the 1740s that Isaac Watts wrote. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a truth. Every morning, every morning, every morning, for the child of God to get up in the first prayer on your lips, even before you get out of bed. Lord, send your spirit and power to this heart. Realizing that I can't make it a second. I can't make it till noon. I can't make it till dark. Without knowing my own weakness, my own failure, my own lacks in so many ways. So Lord, I'm living at the blessed place of dependence upon you to supply me with a power that I don't have on my own. Now, I want to leave that. that that's, that's, that's the premise. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus said, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit, and I would add, in power to those who are asking him. Some folks say, well, Pastor, I just don't know I've been so long. I don't know if I've ever had a real revival in the last one. I don't know why that I'm, I don't know why I'm saying. Whining? What good does whining do? When I'm realizing that I'm needing a fresh revival, I'm needing fresh fire to fall, why don't you ask for it? Well, why, instead of reading a book or going and listening to somebody else, why don't you ask for it? Send the Holy Spirit in power to my heart, Lord. But here's, what, here's something you need to know. 
This matter of being filled with the Spirit is not so you and I can just be static, a little cloistered away from all things troublesome and all things of the world. And we just sit with our little marked up Bibles in our little rooms and we just keep everything way out there. One of the ways that you're going to know that he's filling you with his spirit is when you find yourself in a situation that you looking at it on your own would call an impossibility. But the spirit of God calls it an opportunity. An opportunity. An opportunity. Do you know who the most joyful believers are on this planet? Do you know the ones who are the most excited about what may be coming next? Who they are? Joyful, fulfilled, excited about the future? It is the ones who understand and who are living with this operating in their lives. Lord, fill me with your spirit and power. Send your spirit and power. And they live their days surrendered to, yielded to, the spirit that they're asking to move in power in their lives. They're surrendering to the spirit to say what he tells them to say and to do what he tells them to do. You say, well, the Lord doesn't talk to me. Well, maybe that's because you're not obedient. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's because you're never in a place where you need to hear him. Here, this, is, this is striking. Peter's filled with the Spirit. They're all, they're all preached. But look, look at what happens in Acts chapter 3. Somehow, somehow, some way, Peter and John, in obedience to what the Lord wanted them to do for that particular day, end up walking into the temple court at the ninth hour of prayer. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We've read this many times. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along. And they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms, an offering for the poor. Now watch this. And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold. But what I do have, what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple, used to sit 
at the gate to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. A few things about this account that are worth noting. This was, this was a perhaps usual course of activity for Peter and John, evidently. The ninth hour, the hour of prayer. That was customary in the Jewish culture at that time. If you're in Jerusalem, the ninth hour is the time to go up for prayer. Per private prayers, prayers that the priest would lead. There was nothing supernatural about this at this point. There was nothing striking about it. Peter and John were just going through their normal routine. But as they're getting or going into the temple, they notice this man. Measurable need. He, he, he couldn't walk. He knew evidently some of his history perhaps. But they may have been by him a hundred times. But on this day, Filled with the Spirit, meaning that the Spirit was in control of them. The Spirit was giving direction to them. To be filled with the Spirit means to be under the control of the Spirit. It means that somehow, some way, for whatever reason, you have chosen to give the decisions for the day, the decisions for your life over to the Lord. Meaning... That what he tells you to say, you're going to say. What he instructs you to do, you're going to do. Peter and John step into a desperate need. They had no material resources, but what did they have? What did they have? What did they have? They had power. Power, but you shall receive Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, here, I want to say something, and I, 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 I pray that you let this in. Just as Peter and John were given power, so you are given power when you ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit in power. It, it may not be to raise a lame man. But it may be when you drive by, you come up into your parking lot at work, you see somebody slowly getting out of their car like they got the weight of the world on them. You may know them, you may not know them. But something goes off in your spirit. Pray for them. Go pray for them. You'll know it as clearly as anything. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. His Spirit will speak to you. His Spirit will speak to you. Can I just say that again? Lord, come in power to my Spirit, and from there He'll speak to you to bless the world, to bless those who don't know Jesus, or to bless those who are struggling even in a relationship, but they're sad, things are hard. So you find your way in the parking lot. You got your briefcase, you got whatever... And, and you got your desk to sit at, but some way or another, there's a drawing to that heart, and you may not even know what it is, but I'm telling you, folks, and I have never 
had this request thrown back in my face. When you walk over to them and you say, good morning, good afternoon, whatever, I just want to ask you if I can pray for you. I want to ask you if I can pray for you. He's given you that. He's bumped you in that direction. Okay, so Lord, here I am saying I'm going to pray. What am I to pray? Folks, do you want to know why some folks are so thrilled about their walk with Jesus that they can't get over it and they can't shut up talking about it? It's because in these moments where I'm obeying, I feel like the Lord's heart is for that one. You put it in my heart, Lord, can I pray for you? And then even as you wait there, not knowing what the next word's going to be, words begin to rise up in your spirit, and you begin to pray. And you sense the power of the Lord working in your heart. You know it's him because it wouldn't be you if he didn't do it. You say, well, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm, I, I hope you're not. I hope you never have reverend by your name or doctor by your name. None of these did. Peter was a fisherman. Matthew was a tax collector. But when the Spirit came on them in power, they had abilities, they had strengths, they had perceptions, they had courage, they had insight, they had tenderness that they had never had before. So can you. But if we live our world cloistered with our marked up Bibles, we don't deal with anybody but Christians and some of them we're not sure about. And we've locked ourselves up, we've walled ourselves in and there was a broken world within arm's reach. There's a broken world just down the street. There's a broken world that somehow you have relationship with. Send your spirit and power, Jesus. You watch how he will begin to open your eyes up. I'm not talking about something that's drudgery or painful or, or it's, just a, it's just a bummer to have to do. I'm telling you, you'll wake up in the morning and your statement will be, what's next, Abba? What do you have for this day? I, I called Larry Henry out in the first service. We'll call him out again. You can't get the man to shut up telling his stories, his act stories. It, it may be taking bread to folks in a Walmart parking lot. It may be Dominguez. It may be whatever. But he's just one example of many around this place. And the best things that can happen are not the things that happen in this room, in these pews. But it's when you, maybe by yourself, and you prayed that prayer, Lord, send your spirit and power to this heart. Give me your eyes. Give me your ears. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up to you what I would say and what I would do. I want you to use me today. Folks, when there comes upon you the sense 
that God has used you to say something, to encourage somebody, or to speak the name of Jesus into a situation, and you know it wasn't you, but you know he was ahead of you, somehow you grow familiar with this and, and, and begin to look forward to it, and he takes you into a place, a restaurant, somebody with their head down, and they can't, can't even lift their head up, and, and you, you know they're discouraged about something, and to be able to walk over and just kind of pray for you. I, 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 I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. The Spirit is poured out so that Jesus can be lifted up. It's not about the name of a denomination or a church. It's not about a preacher. It is about Jesus. Yesterday at about, I don't know, 11.30, 11.45, hot, the humidity, when is the humidity ever going to change in South Texas? Oh, my goodness. Heaven we look forward to where it's 72 and 0% humidity maybe, but it's not that down here. I was out working in my yard. I saw a young guy that had been through the neighborhood the course of the week. I met him briefly, talked a little bit. But I'm telling you, and this is I'm just telling you, no, no, no big deal except that it was a big deal from the Lord to pick me to bless me with this. There was just a sense in my heart, I want you to pray for that young man. I want you to pray for him. Well, he did what he was doing. I did what I was doing. And he ended up at his car. And so I walked out there to his car yesterday. He was on the driver's side. I'm on the pastor's side. Hot as all get out. He was sweating, I was sweating, and I said, can I pray for you? He said, yes, sir. So there, there, side of the road, San Antonio, broad daylight, middle of the day. He's named after an Old Testament prophet. And I just began to pray. Brett, I didn't go as long as these sermons go, I can tell you that. I lost him. But I just said, Lord, will you show him why he's named with that name? Would you bring truth to his heart? I, I, didn't, I didn't know all of that. I didn't, it just was rising up within me. Lord, show him your truth. It may be a beacon of truth in his life. And then, then, then I felt very specifically... Lord, send your spirit in power to him. Called his name. Lord, send your spirit in power. Lord, send your spirit in power. Lord, send your spirit in power. I looked up after going over that a couple of times, and I looked at that young man. He's been in his 30s, maybe, maybe mid-late 30s. He'd taken his cap off, sweat pouring down this way, and tears just gushing out of his eyes. Middle of the day, side of the road, Lord, send your spirit in power to his heart. There was something about, I believe, the words of hope that you mean I can be the object of power for good, to rescue, to change. He found out that you know, relationship busted up, two kids by another relationship, bouncing around all over the world, whatever's going on. Lord, send your spirit in power. Send your spirit in power. 
I, I finished my prayer. It wasn't long. It was just, just three or four minutes, if that long. And I turned around and walked in the gate. He, he, he just tried to say something that he, I guess, thought would be, you know, through the tears. Have, 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 a, good, have a good afternoon, sir. Through the tears. He got in his car. And I guess he stayed there for another 10 minutes, couldn't drive. Couldn't drive. The Spirit of the Lord coming upon him and blessing him. Folks, listen. It wouldn't have mattered to me if there weren't but two of you sitting here in this 11 o'clock service this morning. One of you was asleep. That yesterday, that yesterday was worth it all. Lord, somehow you directed me. Somehow you gave me what to say. And Lord, you came. You came. I'm jealous of that for you. I'm jealous of that for you. Some of you strangling over the angst of what's happened to my walk with God. Why, why can't I feel the freshness? Why, why can't there be the joy that there once was? Revival is one act of obedience away. Revival is just one act of obedience away. Lord, Show me. And you're not changing your lifestyle. Go through your routine. H-E-B. Getting gas. Neighbors down the street. People you work with. It may be folks who don't know the Lord. It may be folks who know the Lord, but they're going through a hard time. When you sense and you say, you mean you step in on that? If the Holy Spirit pushes you to step in on it, walk through the door. I'm telling you, over the years, I've never had one to say, oh, no, I don't, want to, I don't believe in God. I don't. I'm sure I've prayed for some atheists and some definite agnostics and some folks that are a million miles away. But in that moment of hurt, in that moment of brokenness and sadness, there's a reaching out for anything that will help. Jesus would say the kingdom of God is for the poor in spirit. The work of the Spirit upon people. The message of the good news of who Jesus is to resonate with hearts is not for folks who have it all together. Who don't have any problems. Don't look for them. They're not going to be ready. They're not going to want to hear it. But you find somebody and the Lord will show you. That one right there. That one right there. That one right there. Can I pray for you? You know, many times over the years in restaurants, would ask the waiter or the waitress, we're getting ready to pray over our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? There have been times when there would be an immediate Yes, and here is the situation, and it, was, it, it seemed like it's always something bigger than what they can do. But there have been times when the tears would come, and, and, the, and, the, and the body would just shake because it, it, it's as if, not that they've been exposed or they've been, that they, they have been abused in any way, but it's that the, the might of the love of God, that he cares. He would send somebody who would pray. And they're standing there in the middle of their boat like Simon Peter was when Jesus filled his boat up with fish. And that's what 
brought Simon Peter to Jesus. Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I'm I'm going to quit there. You are not to be spectators. Do you hear me? If all you're doing is sitting in front of somebody to preach and teach and go through to give you more scripture, bloated, bloated, bloated. Can't even get through the doors. We're so bloated with scripture. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Where you may be drying up in the study of scripture. Where you may have the sense of the power of God being distant to you, but you're as churchy as you've ever been. Pray this prayer. I dare you. (laughs) I know I'm sounding mad. I am. I'm mad at the devil for lying to us. I'm not mad at you. But pray this prayer. Lord, I read the book of Acts. I read what you did with Peter and John and all those. Send the Holy Spirit in power to my heart. And as I pray that, Lord, I'm giving you the control over what I say and what I do. You pray that in the morning. You go through your regular routine. You're going to see some folks and see some things at HEB you may have never seen before. You'll find some things at work. You'll find some things. You'll see some things. And when you see them, it's, Lord, what's my part? What do you want me to do? He may just have you wait and pray, and now's not the time. But like he did with me yesterday, 1045, 1145, whatever time it was in the heat, I want you to go pray. Because he's gotten the person ready to receive what it is he's going to say through you. The Spirit did that. When you find yourself involved in Holy Spirit supernatural activity, it is a revival. It is a revival. It is. <laughs> all right. All right. You all said go to Montana and get refreshed. Well, yes, we did. And we've come back. And, and I'm just believing this is, this is the hope for our nation. It's the hope for our nation. Some of you dear folks watching from Chicago, watching from L.A., watching from New York, watching from Atlanta, watching from Dallas, in the different parts of the nation where many of you are, join with us in this symphony of prayer. Lord, send your Holy Spirit in power to this nation. Realizing that to pray that means that he's going to do a work of reviving with his people, with his church. Turning our eyes out to be a blessing and a help to the ones around us. Lord, send your spirit and power to San Antonio, Texas. Amen. 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 You know, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do, but, but you know, you, you get to pray in this way and he's liable to... You got a voice, you know, unlike others of us don't have a voice, but he's liable to set you up somewhere and you just kind of start humming out loud and then you start getting a little word to it. And it's amazing grace how sweet the sounds as you're walking through the frozen food section in H-E-B. And you get, you know, the, the different things that he would allow us to do and direct us to do and the world would say you're crazy but you know in your heart it's the voice of the spirit to your heart some of you 
who can't get out and go as much. You, 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 can't, you can't make your drives and so forth as you used to, but you know what you can do. More than likely, you can still write. You've got granddaughters, you've got grandsons, you've got relatives, and brothers and sisters in Jesus that you could write a word of encouragement to. Out of the blue. Out of the, sometimes those things that come out of the blue are the things that bless us more than the ones that, that aren't. Send your spirit, Lord, and power to this heart. I give to you my words. I give to you my actions. Show me what to do. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the truth and the joy that is in your word, the hope that is in your word. You want to use us as agents of your love and power. Please, Lord. Help us to be faithful at that place, in that prayer. Lord, send your spirit and power for Christ's sake. Amen. You're so good to preach to, so good to see. Bless you, streaming family. Thank you for loving us and praying for us and standing with us. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, if there's something we can pray with you about. Prayer partners, if if you're here, if you'll join me, let's stand together and and, um, you know, it may just be that you, you're going, some of you are going to find yourself, you go and get something to eat here in a minute. And the Lord may just put somebody on your heart that's a table across, or your waiter, or your waitress, or somebody in the parking lot. Maybe the most important thing that you do all day, the most eternal thing that you do all day. Because His Spirit has spoken to you and you have obeyed. You will sense the delight of knowing that he has chosen you and he has used you. (laughs) Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Lord, have your way with us. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes to you, Jesus. In your name, amen. If we can pray with you, please come this way. If this is your day to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, this is the best day of your life. Do it today. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hug the folks around you. You come this way. Slip out when you're ready to. God bless you.